Hello, hello, hello. It's me again. Just a conversation. Wherever I can get a conversation. Whoever wants to come on and have a conversation. Hi. Hi, Peter. How are you? I knew it took me a while, but uh, I had to just be patient until it would save, you know. So, you know, you just just go with the flow and then it finally saved so I got that all saved so if you want to see the beginning of that other video it's there for you um, you know um, and if you want to come on you know go ahead and hit the invite button and I'll let you in and I'm not sure if um, Casey is going to come back let's see hold on Invited her, invited her back, but um, I'm not sure. So, um, so what's your your evening like? What are you doing uh, uh, tonight? Are you in? Um, are you uh, drawing or, I mean, sketching or anything like that? Um, just let me know. Let's see. Can I? Here we go. I invited you in, but you don't have to accept. No. Oh, I'm gone a minute. Whoa. There we go. Hi, Sandra. How's it going? It's going. It's going. I, I love today. We have, we have a beautiful uh, sunny day. And ah. I'm looking out here at, uh, you know, at my, through my window, I can see the tree line, you know, the top of the trees, you know, not that they're, yeah. you know, very massive trees or whatnot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I've had a really chill day today after yesterday, it was mad, because I'd done that workshop yesterday, and it was just crazy from 12 o'clock till 4 o'clock, so I'm just working on uh, some new t-shirt ideas. Oh, at the minute, yeah. So I'm just working on a few ideas, and stuff. So, so yeah. I'm just being. I'm just a lower six, one four four. Um, yeah. So I'm just today. I had time to reflect about yesterday, um, and just really gather me thoughts uh -huh. because I think sometimes when you do stuff like creative stuff sometimes you forget to just take a step back right. after right. you've done whatever you're doing and sometimes i don't do that i go oh right i'm going to do something else now i'm going to do so my brain's like constantly thinking of the next thing over and over again and it's part as well of my autism mm -hmm. being autistic that my brain's constantly going ten to the dozen. Right. Stuff. So I'm like really I'm I'm very aware of it mm -hmm. but sometimes I need to find that sort of balance mm -hmm. between what do you use as like, balance? Yeah. What do you I don't know helps you. Pardon. What did you just say then sorry? No. No, oh, I said, what do you find that helps you find that balance? Oh, going for walks mm -hmm. and 
just literally switching off. So usually if the weather's really hot, I'll go down by the waterfront mm-hmm. and just listen to music, listen to the water or listen to music. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. when I'm creating, I listen to really fast music. Oh, okay. So like so that that gets my brain into like creative mode. But then I'll go for a walk and I won't and sometimes I'll have music on, sometimes I won't. It depends on what mood I'm in. Mm-hmm. Um and that so I just today I've just took a little step back. I, I had a little relax today. I went for a walk. Yeah. And that. So yeah. It's it's been really good. It's been re- really interesting. It was an interesting day yesterday. But by the time I got back on the live with Kev last night, mm-hmm. I was fully awake then. So that was about half two in the morning. Right. So I must have fell asleep again at like half three because I was knackered. But re- in, in a way, really good. Good. Right. So, right. Not, not like bad. So it was really good. Hello. Hello. Oh, gorgeous. Hi. How are you guys? Oh, we're doing I'm good. Good. Uh, uh, his, uh, his, uh, his, everything that was going on yesterday and Kev's uh, live that we did uh, yesterday. And uh, I didn't see it. Oh, you didn't see it? Um, I know he, he, he's, um, he sent it to me, but I, I, I couldn't save it. You know, it wasn't like we were elaborating, so it wasn't like I could, you know, it would be in my thing so that I could send it to other people. But I'm quite sure that if you go on his page, it's on his page, yeah. So what happened though? That's what you guys are talking about right now. You mean? Uh, I, well, yeah. I was asking Peter about how he uh, detaches from his day what he does he he goes to the waterfront if it's a really beautiful day and he listens to the water yeah. in, 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 oh, I, go, I go to paul yeah you know, every day you're able to i love that like that is something that helps me too but like i'm not i i'm i'm working on getting it to be regular it's a lot more regular than it used to be though yeah, yeah. For for me, it's believe it or not, it's reading and it's reading out loud. That brings yeah. me right now. I mean, the fact that I can do it with others while I'm doing it for me, yeah, is like you know, it's like wow, that's wow. like I, I, you know, um, yeah. and then yeah, yeah I go outside. Now I don't care I don't outside because when I'm outside, it's you know me trying. To, Talk while I'm on the phone and actually listen to native stuff. I'm not very. I don't know how to say that without it sounding negative, but I, it, that's one of the multitasking that I don't tap into. Is if I'm going to be outside, I'm going to be outside. But that's why you guys don't see me outside posting, and everybody thinks I'm always inside. You know, but I think that's part of your your um like going to the like uh what what were sorry i I don't have words (laughs) 
um, your uh, way to like ground yourself, right? Like to n make sure you don't have the phone outside and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. But um, sorry, I'm just I'm multitasking right now as we speak, and I'm cleaning my car while we talk. Oh, It's funny though because. <clears throat> sorry. Go ahead. Peter. Uh, to be honest, I create a lot. So when my brain is like sort of slowing down, the only time it'll slow down is when I'm asleep. Okay. Yeah. And as soon as I wake up, I'm like that, right? Okay. That idea. So I'm working on this one at the minute. So I'm just, so I'm working on like doing my own t shirts and stuff. High courts. Courses, course one of mine. Yeah. I so I wait. So I constantly don't have time to switch it off. So when I do, I either go out of so what I'll do, I'll go out of Liverpool, so I'll go to a different city. Right. So, so like Manchester or somewhere that's about an hour on the train. Right. So I'll do that and go and see a different city in that. Yeah. Over to constantly like dead busy in that. But detaching for me is pretty hard because my autistic brain takes over sometimes. And it's trying to detach from one thing. Mm -hmm. I do another thing. Brain has has is that the autistic brain is different than the ego brain. The, the autistic brain is is your is our normal not brain. The autistic mind is your your mind that's in every cell of your body. That's the creator, right? So yeah, your autistic brain is a broken. Where most people think that we have uh, people on the spectrum and that they're their brain is broken or disconnected. It's actually actually really more active than the brain, right? Yeah. It's the actual opposite to broken. Mm -hmm. So it's like, we just, as an autistic person, I see things and I feel things a lot differently. So we're, I'll use an example. So like, if I break up with someone, I've been in a relationship for like a month or two months, where some people can just literally go, oh, that's ended, I'll, I can move on to the other one. An autistic person thinks what happens, what happens, what happens, and overthinks things. So sometimes mm -hmm. you're an autistic person's feelings, uh, like an autistic, a neurotypical person's feelings there. An autistic person's feelings is like up there. Okay. So like more, more empathetic, like the empath. Yeah, yeah, and more, more intense as well. That's a, that was the way that I was trying to think of. So they're very intense. Very intense. And very, oh, okay, yeah. Very empathic about is it very intense and very empathic about both of your feelings right kind of yeah. to to understand well what happened in the process break of the process you're thinking about your end plus the other person's end my brain yeah. is like 
that I always am thinking like that. Always like that's well, interesting. I, yeah, it's, where we where where we label people autistic, it's just that they're empathic. Okay, if we I think that yeah. that they're empathic and back then they didn't mm -hmm. understand that that's what that was. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking. Yeah, it's oh, it's very interesting. It is really interesting because, like, I've been doing like a, a little bit of looking up on autism, and most of my friends are autistic, <laughs> but all have different types. Where some autistic people don't like loud noises, I'm the opposite. I don't like quiet. I can't be around. So being around a quiet space for me gets me nervous and anxious. Mm. Where if I'm in a, in a loud place, I'm like, yeah, right. This is I feel a lot more comfortable for some reason. And a lot of autistic people don't like loud noise. But I got diagnosed when I was 35. So I got diagnosed nose lens on in life so I didn't get mm. nah, so the, the, the process was pretty how can I put it Ooh. hard <laughs> put it that way because um, I had to fight with my doctors to get my autistic di di diagnosis is that, and stuff. is that because you thought something was wrong with you that did you um did you uh did you or someone else think that you were out of frame of what normal should be me it was me it was all me um i always know i noticed a lot of like intense feelings and i didn't know what they were so I was like, why am I feeling like this i should be really feeling oh yeah whatever the like and I just couldn't pinpoint it. And it was when I had a really bad mental health episode. Mm. I started looking at it and going, there's something not right. And when I went to my doctors, they said it was depression at first. And they were trying to give me antidepressants. So what I'd done, I'd take the prescription, but I would never get them. Mm -hmm. I just, right. And then what? What I'd started doing is looking on um, the NHS website, which is our national health service in England. Mm -hmm. So I started looking at like what bipolar was because there's certain aspects of autism and bipolar that, that are the same. So I looked, I went, this is not depression. So I went back to doctors, argued with my doctor and I got an assessment for, for they did not, it was just an assessment. And then um, that's when they found out it was autism and not depression. So, yeah, it's, it's been a, an emotional roller coaster. Like, and I'm sure in that 35 years without, like, you know, under, there was situations that happened throughout your life that, you know, like it would have made it if you understood what was happening easier for you. And that just shows yeah. 
was the yeah. failure of the mental health system. Like yeah. no one wants, there's not enough. There's not enough knowledge. There's not enough, you know, resources yeah. or people understanding you had to fight with your doctor. Like that, yeah. that I feel yeah. like things I go to this new doctor I have, like he doesn't hear me. So I can, I feel what you're saying there. Like yeah. I just stop talking because it's not worth it for me. But like, I, I can see him as one of those doctors that just, you know, okay, well, look here, take this pill. Just go, take this pill, just yeah. go. And don't listen to well, the doctor or the patient. Well, I don't listen to doctors, to be honest. Me too. Unless I don't know what it is. I unless I don't know what it is, because... Well, it's all... When I think... Sorry. I find it's always nice to... I'm not, I'm not a disadvocate of doctors. Mm. I yeah. am... Do not discount your doctor unless you know yeah. that your spiritual practice of your health is a pure thing, that you're strong in it, okay? Yeah. The reason why I say this is because there are people that their intention was to be, the do be a doctor and heal everybody. That, that, that structure of who mm. people are hasn't deviated. Mm -hmm. Maybe the healthcare system has, and maybe the Yeah. I feel with that, like that doctor that did do it, though, is a doctor that's going to listen to the patient, too, right? But then you have these doctors that don't want to listen. And I think that's, that's what I'm referring to. Like, doesn't matter what I say to him. He, he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then goes on with what he's saying, right? Like, there's no, you can feel it. You can feel if they're actually listening and hearing what your concerns are. Yeah. You know, it's about yesterday about, uh, active listening yes yes yeah yep. <laughs> there you go <laughs> can can i ask you if it's okay this live i would like to save it and and move it to my my uh my uh podcast on my on my 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 spotify website if not website but my spotify uh podcast i want to this information is really what i think people would be I agree. Right. I agree. Right. I, I would like. Yeah. To, yeah. So I'm my, totally okay with that. If I'm sorry. If there's information that you're about to give that you don't want to be public, Peter or or, or Casey, could you could you refrain from saying it? Yeah. No, I'm good. So that I can. I this information is, because adults got it. Children get um, as very early, even though they don't get, even though they don't get the right, uh, you know, uh, uh, medicines or whatnot. They still are on. They still get diagnosed. But there are adults that got totally skipped, and the fact that yeah. they, I know something's wrong with me. The fact it said, yeah. I know that it's. Not Depression. The fact that you could say, "I need you to tell me what what's wrong," and stay with the doctor and ask these questions is something that people really need to know. And I really do yeah. share that. Well, I said I used to say I done a, a mental health podcast in Liverpool in one of the radio stations, 
And I was talking about this. This was before I went from my second um, diagnosis, mm-hmm. and we were talking about like it was. It's actually quite scary that in Britain you can wait up to three years before you get an actual diagnosis in Britain. Yeah, that's very and, scary. It's like that here in Canada too. But we're to get, like yeah. the same Britain and Canada with the, I feel. Yeah. Like. Say that you were still waiting, uh, and, and this is the question to Casey. Didn't you say the last time we talked, and I think this was maybe, I don't know, it maybe six months ago. It could have been a little bit uh, shorter time. You were waiting to see a doctor about something, and you said you were still waiting. Me? Yeah, for ta- for um, so I started like uh, therapy at um, like because school always gives you therapy. So every time I'm in school, I take the hours and I get therapy, right? But then when it's done, you don't have a doctor unless you have money to pay for the doctor. So then um, that doctor though, with everything like because this was when I was like really going through a lot of healing, even spiritually and going through my spiritual like dark night and all that I had therapy at the same time so it was really good like I had everything but anyway um at the end of it all she said that I needed um like for like uh uh like uh trauma therapy is what it's called so Uh to get I needed a specialist for trauma therapy so then um I'm still on the list I still haven't been called I lived in Ajax uh a year and a half ago so it was in the summer, so this summer will be two years I've been on this list. Okay. Because I, I wow. finished school in March, yeah. So, yeah, it's two years now I've been on this list. I'm going to call wow. again now that you said that, so thank you for reminding me. But, yeah, mm-hmm. there's – there, and it's like that for anything to do with mental health. Like, it is, mm-hmm. unless you have money. If you have money, then, of course, there's more resources. Or if there's, like, an emergency in that moment, you'll go see a doctor. But if it's, like, a threat of an emergency or something like that or just oh it could be an emergency there's not there's no urgency yeah urgent and then you just on the list so here we're thinking here here we're thinking in america we you know we're thinking about how our system is all wacky wonka right and we're we're thinking oh we need to be and most people think we need to be more like canada medical and blah, blah, blah. And there's still these, these uh, 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 minuscule threads that say, you have to wait. If you don't have money, you have to wait. So, so it's not everybody is equal. You know, not that I'm trying to talk about yeah. politics. I want to keep talking yeah. And towns too, like it depends where you live, like different waiting lists. If there's, you're in a big city, there's going to be way longer of a waiting list than a small town. But if it's too small of a town, then there's not going to be enough doctors. And that, you know, like. You're waiting uh, is they told you you needed trauma therapy. So, now, if this, now, does this assessment. That would be free. If I this this program will make it free for me. That's why I'm waiting, right? Because it's a free program, and because of the stuff I talked about with her, she was able to give like so. Canada has certain programs that you could get for free, right? So this would be one of them. But like I said, there's no urgency, so it's like a couple years to get right. it. Yeah. So is that, is that the the trauma is based in 
uh, based on, I, I don't want to know exactly what you talked about, but would that be something that got overlooked as a child? That well, yeah, that goes back to what I said about like, you know, my passion is like understanding that kids who go through like a private torture, domestic violence need to be put in like there needs to be therapy there needs to be access because eventually like even if that kid like me was the smiliest happiest kid no problem whatever inside me there is like you know I experienced all this stuff so like later in life I was able to mask it all honestly I did I masked it and then all of a sudden everything started pouring in and that was part of my healing journey because like for me that was like my dark I always go to say dark horse, dark night, dark, the, the shadow stuff, right? Thing. Dark night and dark. Every time I question it because my brain goes to say dark horse. Like, <laughs> but dark horse as well. But I think it means, I think it means something different than dark night, but I yeah. use it in affiliation with it. So I'm not sure how they really meant it. So, so Peter, when, when you were, as a child, or no, let's put, it, let's put it as a young adult, dealing, you have dealing with this as a young adult. How did it frame your life? Well, well me and my dad, we used to fight all the time. And we'd fight, and it wouldn't be like, when a different when I was 15 so we'd fight a lot me and my dad and we didn't understand what it was and it was pretty hard growing up because I went through bullying as well so I never really had like people who were and that's why I, I think st I, I dealt with the bullying by not taking a day off school going in every single day um, and that was my like saying, "You're not gonna knock me down," <laughs> sort of thing. And and I, I always knew I was different, and but I didn't know what it was that was making me different. So it was very, I just had all these emotions at the age of fifteen, which was very hard to deal with. And then, um, then I think got me. When he was like, okay, I lived on my own, I still do, um, and living on my own was a bit of a daunting task when I first moved into my first flat, because mm -hmm. I was like, wow, how do I do this? And then I realised, oh, okay, yeah, I can do it. So it was pretty hard growing up, knowing I was different. Then... My thirties, that's where I started questioning a lot more. Mm -hmm. Then I was like, but well, why is this different? Why am I different? Why why is this why is this emotion very highly sensitive for me? And then that's when I started looking at like all different all different things as well. Um, it was me mate, a very good friend of mine who I'm still mates with that said, You're autistic. He was autistic as well. Uh -huh. And I went, so I'm not, behave, I'm not, I'm not. He went, you are? And I was like, no, I'm not. So <laughs> so then then a couple of, I went, how could, when I got the diagnosis, I went, how could you tell? 
he went, it was the way you were behaving and the way you were acting mm-hmm. was the, the exact same as me. I was like, wow. So it's what? like... Come on. Sorry. Sorry. I was just thinking though when you said that, like you didn't get the diagnosis till you were in your thirties and then like you were able to move out on your own and it was hard, but you did it. And you were able to figure out all the ways that you could do it for yourself and inside you. So I wonder if that you would have gotten a diagnosis at a younger age if like you wouldn't have been re- you know what I mean? Like because Yeah. Well I say to people I'm made up, I got a diagnosis later because it made me deal with things. Okay, yeah, that's what I was thinking. It was a hell of a lot harder because I was 19 when I moved out into my own place. So I always question things and that anyway because that's the way I am. I'm very inquisitive. If someone says, do it this way, I go, no. Or I go, why should I do it that way? I don't want to do it that way. The... I actually, they loved me in class, in the art class because every time they'd be going to me, do it this way, I'd go, no, I'm not doing it that way. Yeah. I'd argue with the teachers, they hated me. They hated <laughs> me. I was just like, nah, I'm not doing it that way. But I'm going to tell you that ever since I was, I don't know, probably maybe five or six, I've been, I've been, um, I, my mother never called it to me challenging the adults, but that's what I did. I, I made them think. I, I made them comfortable with themselves. But, um, I, but that was mainly it was made the, the the spiritual realm, you know. But I was gonna also uh, ask you the question. But it was kind of good that you got diagnosed later, because you 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 crossed bridges on your own of of yeah. challenges. You. Not only not only did you cross the bridge, but you made the bridge. Yeah. If you had got diagnosed early, in the way they diagnosed you, they told you all the things that you cannot do, all the things that that you may possibly be able to do. And do you feel that you were able to uh, meet these challenges because you weren't diagnosed early? Oh, it's a hard. That's a hard question, that. But I'll, I'll try and answer. Do you know what? Yeah, I I believe that if when I look back on certain things, because I do reflect a hell of a lot, and I was thinking, I was only thinking this last week actually. Wow, I've come a long way since the diagnosis. But I always do question what if I was younger. And I got diagnosed younger, and I was like, "Oh!" And then I started playing these scenarios in my head, going, "Wow, this is really interesting." If I, if that would have happened, well, my sister, my little nephew, who's five, I picked up on it. Like I picked up on things he was doing, and I said to my sister, "He's autistic." And she went, "What do you mean?" And she went. I can see the way he is, the way he likes certain things in a certain way. He likes, he, he was putting the cars, she went, what? she went, see me watch this, and he was putting the cars in order. I went, he's autistic, you should get him, like, but he's five, and he's brilliant. Uh, he's a little character. And, but if I got diagnosed earlier, I don't think, 
I would have been able to cope younger. And that, that's what the way I think, the way I thought about it, but I wouldn't have been able to cope. So it's kind of like, well, I just think, uh, well, me, you know me, I think where we're so, uh, uh, human beings are so into labels and separating ourselves and being separate and uh, mm -hmm. that we do it, uh, we, we start very young and we start very early. And I would have to say for me, because I grew up, because I was born at the end of the 50s and grew up through the 50s and 70s, where they weren't labeling you yet with, um, you know, ADHD and ADD and, yeah. and on the, anywhere on the spectrum. Not because, well, that's because they didn't know what to call it. They, they didn't yeah. know, and they didn't know that they were to, uh, didn't know that they could put these labels on you and keep you from doing um, uh, things like other back then. But even even then, you know, there were when we look at people, we call them. We say, "Oh, you're ADD, or you're on the spectrum, or or, um, or you're you have Down syndrome." And the only way that you can tell that a person has Down syndrome supposedly by their facial structure and their facial yeah. facial and um but i don't i don't think that's always the case i think that we no that isn't always the case there's more to it, it, it yes so much more to it but i think um we're always basing all these individuals with these unique talents and skills and the way they're work, not necessarily that they're broken we're we're basing it off of, of what what we think unbroken people are. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's like when I get when I tell people I'm autistic, they look at me and they, go, they stand back a bit and they go, "Really? You don't look autistic?" And I go, <laughs> "So my so my response to this is, well, what do you want me to fucking do? Excuse my language." <laughs> What do you want me to fucking? What do you want me to fucking do? Wave a flag like, What do you mean? What does autistic look like? Like I don't understand. Exactly. Okay, but, but so that's why conversations like this are good because then you know that gets more awareness of like things that people really need to work on saying and being more aware, yeah. right? So I love that this yeah. conversation's happening right now. Yeah. <laughs> I, and that's what, what I say to them. And when I say that, I can see the look on the face. Oh, we shouldn't have asked them that. We shouldn't have said that. But I think it's, it's we're still in the, like, people are saying it's getting better. But it's, I feel personally it's not getting better because you you get people with that, you know, who say then type of comments and you, you feel like, do I have to explain myself over and over again to people? I what was it? I don't. I am um, actually spoke to someone. We have a benefit system in Britain, and what we what what I done? I spoke to some of the big classes and I was telling them how to work with autistic people because they, they didn't know how to work with autistic people. So I'm finding being autistic empowering. I don't find it 
I never call it a I never call it a disability. It is a power, and then that right there is where logos comes in. Where you know, like with me, with the private torture becoming the new language for domestic violence, like people should start calling it a power, not like using like yeah. a negative word. It's a power, you know. I love that. That should be the new terminology. Yeah. yeah. Because I think I think for everyone. Sorry. No. At the same time that we call it a power, we do have to uh, realize that when, especially when we talk about domestic violence or violence in the home that's unseen, that the 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 the, the uh, I'm gonna I'm trying to find the right word. The strength of recovery is the the power, right? But the act that 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 in Initially, put you there in your in your trigger moment. No, I was meaning him. Being autistic is a power. Is a power. Yes. So naming it a power, and then I just like threw in my other thought at the same time because that's how my brain works. Sorry. <laughs> yes, it is a superpower. I mean, I have um, my grandkids. Um, you know, once they figured out, um, you know, I think my my uh daughter-in-law actually took a breath when she found out when she found out what was going on you know that that mm -hmm. breath you know because everybody says okay mm -hmm. label it and now you know and do the whole kind of thing but it's not because my grandkids are broken it's because they because now you can have the skills right like so you know so then there's skills to help like because every kid is different too right like and yeah 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 I have one of my one of my grandkids, my my oldest granddaughter, not my oldest granddaughter, not my two oldest, but my more. Uh, she's about, I think she just turned four, and man, talk about a jungle gym climber! Talk about a climber! She can, I mean, she can scale, she can scale anything, and nice. she can together what what type of chair she needs to get. How, how I have watched. I, you know, I didn't stop her because I knew I was going to be there to protect her, catch her. And I just watched her, you know, she took a bar, a bar stool and she kind of climbed it and a, a tar target in mind, right? I don't know what her target was in her mind, but she had a target and then she took that chair and she, and she literally put it back where she got it from and she got another chair and then she climbed from the couch to the chair mm -hmm. to the to the uh, to the drape, and and literally she scaled till she wanted she reached whatever the top was, and then she came back down. Mm -hmm. And then she turns around and she looks at me and she claps her hands, yay, because she accomplished something. Did yeah. she have done it? Could it have hurt her? Yes, it could. Are we trying to teach her that she can't do that while there are no adults present yes we are because there are dangers there but that's how yeah. they're uh, that's how some of their minds work right yeah my um, nephew's the exact same yeah he, he, but he can name every dinosaur he's like he goes that's a uncle we that'll be that's a and you're like wow he knows the names and he knows everything. Mm -hmm. But my what my sister done, 
she turned a pantry into a sensory room for him for for me nephew so it was really it was really good about i went in there for a couple of minutes once it was really it was really just like nice and relaxing mm-hmm. um and i think what the need the still in my opinion this is just my opinion I think needs to uh, we still need to have more awareness of autism because there is when like people are in the street looking at look when a when a young when a kid has a meltdown or a adult has a meltdown they're looking at them like that well what's that they don't understand that part of the autism mm-hmm. um, and it's like I. I find that when I see people I can I pick up on that then be I, I go yeah they're either autistic or they have like I can pick up on it I can sense it right. sometimes right, yeah. right. Yeah. yeah yeah um let's see beyond sunset says I got married had kid oh hold on a second um I got married, had kids, and never knew until I had a nonverbal son. Thank you for sharing this with me. Thank you. Thank you for sharing this with me. You're so welcome. You know, um, for a while, my my oldest grandson, um, <clears throat> my oldest grandson, um, he wasn't very he wasn't very verbal, and he was very focused, and uh, he was very now he was focused, and he could do. He could do uh, games, and he could talk to other people on the games, right? But when mm-hmm. when you were having a conversation with him, or even when you're walking into the room and you come into the room or come through the door and you say something to to him like hello or something, um, he might say a hello to you, but he's not. He doesn't turn up and look at you, right? He he doesn't. He doesn't have direct eye contact, but. He repeat everything you say when he wants to. When yeah, he, yeah. That, that's called hyperfocus. Hyper. So, okay. so basically, what what that is is we as autistic people we have special interests. What so like mind art? So I can be really focused on like I'd say for that one for it. So doing that, mm-hmm. I can be really focused on doing that, and then. Doing something like that as well. Okay. So, oh, that's beautiful. So, uh, thank you. It's the Albert Duff in Liverpool. <laughs> but we can be really focused on it, and we can, like, we could tell, like, you could ask a question to an autistic person about their, and if it's something to do with their special interest, then they can talk for hours about it. And autistic. If people are very, fo- if they're very focused on things, you will find that anything around them's non-existent. Mm-hmm. So that it's because they've got that hyper focus, right? And that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I my youngest grandkids, they are very. If you have a phone, they they don't identify that. It's somebody else's phone. Oh, Casey, you left? Okay. Um, she maybe hit the wrong button. She'll come back. Um, they, uh, they don't 
identify that it's somebody else's phone. They'll just, uh, and they'll walk and just take it out of your hand and start, uh, um, hold on a second. They'll, uh, um, they'll walk and, you know, it, it's, it doesn't have anything to do with it being somebody else's. Welcome back. <laughs> Welcome back. <Sorry. laughs> you were right. I hit the wrong button. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, with my granddaughters, it's just that way. She, if I have my phone in, in my hand, she'll just walk up and she'll just try to take it out. Be, be, literally, she wants to get to the point where she can play whatever she wants to play, whether it's music or... And they're very focused. They know how to operate the phone. You know? Yeah. It, it's yeah. like the only thing that you don't want them to do is call a, a third world country, country, right? Because they can... But at the same time, yeah. they know how to get whatever game it is that they want, whatever um, they um, like. They have their cartoons that they look at, and they know it all. Yeah. But they don't know. They don't have that understanding of possession. I used to think it was just because they were kids. I think it's because they're very focused and they're very. It's like. I want this and I can get it on this phone. And it's not that it's Nana's phone. It's that it's a phone and it has what I can access. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. My, nep my nephew's like that, but my nephew likes like really unusual stuff. <laughs> what about him? We were watching something with him. I can't remember what it was. It was something <coughs> oh, like. He loves um, going to the zoo. Mm -hmm. So, my sister bought a, like a season pass for the um, safari park, and when he got home, he watched all the YouTube videos on the hello um, on the safari park, and he went, oh, "Uncle Pete, that's where the lines are." We drove down there. It was like, wow, <laughs> but it's it's very interesting autism in a way that like they say one once you've met one person with autism you've met one person with autism because everyone is so different yeah and i think that's where and this is where i think where we say autism people know autism people but i believe it's the vibrate they they know the vibration of being that that um <clears throat> vibrational um superpower having that vibrational superpower they they know it right as opposed to people who are immersed in only like say for for example only their own children's autism they don't get to understand that there are other types of autism that is creative you know like where yeah. you say you like noise and where and basically what we were groomed on from autism is that children with autism don't like noise. They don't like to be touched. They, they won't have, they won't look at you in your eyes. They are, they, um, um, they don't have conversations. They have better conversations when they, when they color or when they draw or whatnot. Um, all, all I, I learned that um, at first, First, where normal uh, children grow grow into co uh, communication and they have the communication of words, 
my grandkids, they were talking their own words, but they were, um, they could talk to each other, but it would sound like, it would sound like Babel to me because they were missing yeah. certain, um, they were missing certain parts of the, you know, where we were, we grew up and we were taught noun, pronoun, whatever. They would, yeah. they could understand each other without the noun or they could understand <laughs> each other yeah. with, with the pronoun and not yeah. pronoun with just the verb and they would they're out off having a conversation and you're going what the you know i i, I can say it because i'm a pirate what the fuck what are what are my grandkids saying how am i missing some shit That's so but funny i've <laughs> always been a person to understand baby talk like all the all the time i always like could hear understand what the little kids are talking like because i have all my younger siblings because i'm the oldest of seven i think that's why and then it continued on babysitting but that was always a thing that i never saw until you yeah. just said that i thought just like everyone understood <laughs> yeah now i know that i probably could have under under understand when i started i actually and i just noticed this when um, when my uh, my youngest grandson passed away, I noticed because I got really intimate with my my granddaughter, and she came and she grabbed my face and she 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 said that's what it sounded like. Yeah, but started actually um, actually um, uh, having um, a vibrational um, alignment with my uh, light language. I'm understanding it because it's not foreign to us. You can understand it because you've always had it, it in you, that light language, and you could always access it through your children, through babies. With uh. me, when my children were growing up, I had, um, uh, um, I was raising my kids as a single parent in my mom's house and my sisters and brothers were still graduating teenage. Yeah. So my, my children never got to talk Dada, Google, Baba, they never talked that. They always put, they always had noun and pronoun and everything. I literally, my youngest kid drove his teachers mad because he could read from the dictionary at five years old right. or six years old, right? And, and yeah, we think it, we, we think it's nice. I think it's great. My, my kids were, um, they, 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 uh, were, uh, what do you call it? Um, they, I forget call it when when um they call it oh, I, excelled excelled yeah they excelled and they had they they went to higher schools and whatnot you know and uh but now actually when i actually sit down and because my light language came i could understand what she was saying when she put my hands on my on my face i mean literally she just grabbed my face and she said I something, right? Yeah. Aw. That she was saying it's going to be okay. But it's yeah. like, okay, now we can see where other people are diagnosing what is spiritual within them, you know, mm. and calling autistic. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. then in the, uh, the only problem that I have with that, it's okay that they don't know what else to call it. So they're going to give it something else, but they're giving mm -hmm. medicine yeah. that not, might not need, be needed for that young mind. The medicine is yeah. block all the, all the superhero uh, power, uh, yeah. right? 
Yeah. So that that's why I am so against like antidepressants and stuff. Now um this is just my personal view on it. If it if it works for people, it works for people and that's great. Yeah. But for me it was it was I didn't want to be controlled with I wanted to naturally feel yeah. what depression was like. Mm-hmm. So I could understand it a lot more. And when I say to people, I've never taken antidepressants, they go, well, how did you cope with it? Well, I coped with doing the artwork or doing going for walks and just figuring out little things mm-hmm. that can help me, like, and little, little things that, like, so I did, but it was actually everything once I got the diagnosis made a lot of sense to me. Where I was thinking, well, why am I such ang- a hothead? Why am I angry? Why am I? And it wasn't, it wasn't, it was because I was autistic and I didn't know how to articulate my feelings. Mm-hmm. If that's the wrong word, yeah. I didn't know how to like go, well, I'm feeling this way. Now I'm the opposite. I can go, I'm not I'm not feeling good today. I don't feel that I don't feel um there's a lot of things that people say about autists, like we don't feel empathy, we don't we don't have feelings and stuff like that. Really? And it's the opposite. Yeah, I was just gonna yeah. say I yeah. I feel it's more your empathy empathy. I yeah. didn't know that. I've heard people say like that they don't feel, but I think the opposite. I think they, if if there is a too much of empathy, I think that's, that's, that's what they do. And then they have this shut off that says, oh, it's just way too much. And then all of a sudden they just kind of shut down. You know, they kind of have a a reboot. It's it's natural. It doesn't need medicine. It needs for us to understand how it works in our child or our teenager or yeah. even in our adults that we are having. You know, if if you're having, it's not that I heard once that uh, adults with um, autism could never have a relationship. How do you how do you put that 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 never in it? That yeah, never in it. because you're 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 looking at them and going, well, they can't have empathy. How are they going to have a relationship? How do you know that they're not having empathy? How do you know that they didn't have so much of it that they had to shut down and reboot? Yeah. yeah. Where? That's, a, a, that's interesting. Labels that. are wrong. Yeah, Mr. Signer Sudi says labels are wrong because once the labels come in, there's an expectation that that label is what the society has said that label is, right? I don't like labels either. Yeah. That. Now, you're human beings, and most human beings have been taught to use their label as a reason, uh, as an excuse why they, 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 number one, they can't do something, or number one, when they do something wrong, they don't have to make, they don't have to uh, uh, ask forgiveness or anything from it. You get to say, well, here's my label. I'm sick, so this is just the way it is, right? We're, that's what that's what the label is for. And if you remember when I was reading about the egoic mind, the egoic mind taps, and it will say, "Sorry, because um, you're uh, ADHD, and now 
been labeled that way, everybody else just has, uh, you know, has to understand that you're going to just lash out. And therefore, you don't need to say, I apologize. Therefore, you don't need to take responsibility. Or um, if we tell somebody, oh, I've got triggers. And because you triggered me, I'm going to put up a boundary. And My phone is going to die. Bre I was going to call you Brenda. Sandra. <laughs> Brenda's my other friend I told you about. Um, but yeah, my phone's about to die. So I'm going to say goodbye now so okay. it doesn't die on you. Okay. All right. Bye. 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 Thanks for having me on. Okay. Bye-bye. Everybody say bye-bye to her. We love her. Bye. Yeah. So, you know, so they've got, you know, and they've got all these labels that kind of misdirect. And then all the yeah. it gets mixed directed from, they don't get what they really need. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm. You know. And I think it was harder for me being in school because mm -hmm. my mum didn't want to put me in like a special educational needs school. Mm -hmm. She wanted me in a mainstream school, and I I always used to think, well, I wonder if like if I did go to one of them schools, what it would be like. Would I have got a better education? Would I be helped a bit more? So all these things, all these emotions and that running through your head. Yeah. And, uh, ESL. ESL learning. And it was, you know, it was just another label. You got the label, the kids, and then the, the kids who had ESL learning because either one or two, either they were slow, they were believed that they were slow, so they had to go into this class, or they, uh, uh, they didn't speak English. I think ESL was uh, English as a second language, right? And this, yeah, they, yeah. everybody in, in that particular category that didn't fit the bill of being smart or being um, um, not smart, but being um, that, uh, you know, they, they came um, over the margin of whatever their testing was, right? Let's see, Mr. Yeah. says, this runs deep in every daily situation in today's society and open mind is better than a label for me, right? But you know what? Uh, we do have to, I'm, I'm just going to say this, that um, most human beings would rather be labeled because that's their excuse for not trying hard at anything else. That's their excuse for not stepping outside of whatever the comfort zone of, of, of taking a chance yeah. of being better at something. Now we've got all these labels. So now, uh, you know, yeah. um, I, I mean, I hate to say it, but if you really look at everything that's going down, on in the news and you know on you know even on social media i mean let's put it this way when um when twitter first started as i was observing it i would observe on twitter they were allowing people to be more more bullies than allowing people to have an opinion yeah have an opinion and be and and be, be a bully and could get away with it Right. Yeah. So, and, you know, so for me, me, now you've got all these labels and everybody can do, you know, kind of fall into whatever their label is and say, oh, it's because I'm so and so. It's like, I'll give you a perfect example. When um, 
when um, I finally had to, uh, I, I, um, I had to take medicine to get rid of the last of my estrogen, right? Or get rid of all of the estrogen in my body for a certain reason. Once I got rid of that uh, estrogen, that made me highly uh, likely to have mood swings, night sweats, um, you know, all of the all of those things that uh, premenop uh, that menopausal women go through. Well, mood swings. Um, when I was going to, I would listen to all the people, all the women who were in mood swings, and they would just laugh that when they went through through a mood swing their husband or whoever was in their presence just got what they got. And, and they had to understand that it was because of this. Where mm -hmm. I was the kind of person is, well, if you're aware that you're gonna have a mood swing and you know when your body's in it, why don't you excuse yourself through your mood swing mm -hmm. and not put anybody else, not involve anybody else in it, but you. You know, like when yeah. I work, when I would feel uh, a mood swing coming on, it was I would excuse myself and I would go out for a break and hope that it would pass in the 15 or 20 minutes. Yeah. But most women go, well, you know, they're going to get what they get because, you know, this is I'm, I'm, I'm menopausal and this is what happens and it is just what it is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then they don't yeah. have to make any apology for it because it because the label menopausal is what it is. I hope that makes sense. Yeah, well, I was having this con this exact conversation with someone, um, and we were talk we were just talking because I do a voluntary work. She Some said, people don't have the awareness. Yeah, yeah, you're right there, Queen. Yeah, Darcy. but if they say what they said, they have the awareness. They have the mm. For, for me, when I was understanding the women that were, you know, actually talking and laughing about this situation and being in, in, in making it a funny that they're, they're in these situations, they have the night sweats and they know that they're sleeping next to their husband who is uh, freaking, uh, you know, uh, either cold be uh, because they have a night sweats or other, all of a sudden they heat up and they're putting... The, the person that's next to them through all these um, these um, situa uh, situations that they're going through, knowing that that's not fair and laughing about it, they are very aware of it. They're unaware that they're aware of it, I think. I think what well, I was having this conversation the other day uh, in the place where they do voluntary work, Thanks. and we were talking about it, and we were saying, like, well, Sometimes people will use because we have a lot of autistic people that use the service. We, as I said, sometimes people will use the the fact that they are autistic to sometimes be obnoxious and sometimes, and that's that's not a cop out. That's a cop a cop out, in my opinion. Right. If you're being a if you're being a dickhead. GP in the head and stuff. So I was like, wow, okay. Because one of the girls who's with, is getting to understand autism a, a, a lot because she's around with young people who, work, um, who have autism. But it's, I think, having the label, it's good because we, 
so I say to people, when I got diagnosed, I saw my mates and I went, look, got something to tell you. And they went, what? I went, I'm autistic. I went, do me a favour though. They went, what? I went, do not treat me any differently that you already have. And they went, why? I went, because if you do, I will kick off. I went, treat me always the same as the way of, because I don't, I don't know if I've been obnoxious. I've been obnoxious. Right. Now, but when they, when they know I'm being, when they know I'm having a bit of an off day now, they'll leave me for a couple of hours and then I'll just snap out of it and I'll be like, oh, you're all right. Sorry about that. I was not in the best of moods before. But I'll apologise and I'll say I'm sorry about that. I didn't mean that. But I think sometimes having the label is good, but also we can use it as, a excuse. as an excuse. Yeah. Yeah. The, the same, um, uh, Mr. Synchronicity says, no more excuses, we can all grow. Yeah. It, it, it's. I mean, it's, 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 what is that that my mother used to say? It's 10 in one hand and a, a, a dozen in, a, in another, you know, because yeah. so, um, there are truly people who are on the spectrum that they're aware in a different way. They're, they're, they're truly aware in a different way, a, a different way that we aren't aware of. We haven't tuned into it. We haven't not, well, those that are um, moving on their spiritual path, yes, because we're tuned into that energy. But those of us that aren't aware that um, the, the labels hinder us or not hinder it. Yes, the labels hinder us from growth. Yeah. But at the same time, we have been told to use those labels as our excuses why we get away with shit, right? And yeah. here, here we go. We're not, um, those that are there are not aware that that story is coming from their their um, their egoic mind. It's just a download. They don't even know where the story is coming. Six in one hand, yeah, half a dozen in another. Yeah, yeah. My uncle, my uncle used to say it all the time. Yeah. <laughs> You know, but I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad, I'm glad you're there, Mr. Synchronicity. I'm I'm so glad you're there. But you know, this is, and it doesn't always. I mean, it can branch off to a lot of things. You know, not just autistic and 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 ADHD and and uh, bipolar and um, schizophrenic and and all of mm -hmm. these. Um, the fact that. That um, you know, people we we look at the study of the mind, and we're basing this, or they're basing the study off of the mind based on what they think is a healthy mind, right? Yeah. Based on what they what they perceive is a healthy mind. Yeah. Yeah. So, and there's a lot of this information that they're basing it off has never changed. If we're talking about the egoic mm -hmm. mind, that has all this. Um, um, information that all the decoding is is uh is uh is fractured or frayed or uh, or um dis uh disrupted right then they're they're yeah. and, and, and psychologists and and uh, psychiatrists are looking at the egoic mind which is what they're referencing it from at uh, at a uh, they're looking at an old perception of it and they're basically yeah. else's thing uh, of, of, of 
you know, of uh, how the mind is really working, the, the actual, yeah. not the sub, the subsystem of the mind, but the actual mind that's in all of our, if is in all of our DNA, you know, it's, it's, it's from everything. Um, it's actually seen in our five senses. So, um, autistic children, Down syndrome children, um, ADH children, or um, there's one ADH, I think moves, uh, the brain moves fast, so they're always on the go. A, um, an a, 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 ADD, where they move a little slower or something like that, right? Yeah. So um, all of these, these reference points that they have, they're basing it off of what they thought once upon a time was a healthy mind. Well, I have this. I have this running gag with people. I on a Wednesday, I'll go to a group, and it's autistic people. And what it is is it's a service users like group. So we're all autistic, but what we're doing, we're doing projects to help other autistics. So we're doing like so. Someone could come up to us and go, "Could you have a look at this leaflet?" Um, he says, "Gotta run, Sydney Love, and spreading it like jam on the on the plane of existing." I'm gonna save this live, so if there's more, you won't miss it, and it'll also be uploaded on my Spotify and my iTunes uh, podcast as well. So I. Love I'll, have to, I'll have to find that. Yeah. But it is, it's, when I, when I, in a nutshell, what I could say is, I'm proud to be autistic, and the thing, and I always live that I want to make more people aware of being autistic, what it's like to be autistic, um, the struggles, like, I don't act like your typical or your typical autistic person. Mm -hmm. I act completely different because I like different. I like my mate goes. How can you do it? My mate, if we go out and we're in a busy street, he automatically goes. I don't like it. So my brain goes. Let's go and find a quiet space for them. Mm -hmm. Where I'm the opposite, I don't mind busy, loud, crowded places. But it's, it's. I think, in a nutshell, I'm proud to be autistic, and I'm also, I like sharing being autistic because it gives people an insight to what it's actually like. And like I said before, we go to this service user group, and we do like all different things and that. Um. But the people in there, you'd never, you'll see all different types of autism, and they're all we're all, all adults. But it is quite. I've loved being on the autistic journey, as I call it, mm -hmm. because it's opened up my mind a hell of a lot in how people are, and I've started noticing like how people react to like. When I say I'm autistic, and I just laugh, I laugh because I love the reaction that they give me. Um, but also, it's opened a lot of doors for me, like because I'm 
more aware of myself. The doors that's opened is I'm more aware of myself mm-hmm. and and that. Um I know what my limits are and I know what I'm capable of. And I think I'm capable of a hell of a lot more than I I'm not capable of. So I keep and also I like thinking differently. Right. Yeah. And, uh, that's it. It's yeah, and I think that's because you were never raised as autistic and and told mm. that you can only think one way. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. You kind of worked through. Yeah. Yeah, it was just, uh, it was hard when I got the diagnosis, me and my dad were talking. Um, somebody and he apologised to me through all the and I'm like why are you apologising to me it just doesn't make and I was like wow it's just really everything makes sense it's like when a door not like the old what's the same when one door closes another one opens and that's what it's part of we're we're told as humanity that if there's a glitch in the matrix of family, it's someone's fault, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. well, this had to come through, you know, we're told to go find it through mom's gene pool or dad's gene pool or, or whatnot. But, um, uh, but yeah. you and your dad have that talk because you're the same person that he's in, in, engaged with while all of while you were growing up and all through your adulthood and you know he got to hear that you know hey this isn't your fault this just is what it is until it into something even better and even greater you know your mind and the whole i love the fact that you get to tell others your mind isn't broken yeah um it with uh, children who were with Down syndrome, it was like, put them away, you know, they're not yeah. asked a certain... Um, a what certain... was it? Seen and not heard. Yeah. That, that was it, wasn't it? I think, I think we still have a little bit to go with autism, I, I personally believe. I think with people's attitudes with it, sometimes can be a bit like, yeah. okay. Right. Yeah, well, it's like my my uh, brother-in-law, my sister's husband, when my little nephew has a meltdown, the look, he said to me, Peter, the looks I get, I went, you know what, mate, you'll get that. Yeah. And he, he had, but the thing is, we've always got that look. Every time we've taken kids out to the grocery store and the kid, you tell your kid no, the kid has a breakdown. So regardless of whether they're autistic or whether they're yeah. just, you know, the uh, run-of-the-mill regular uh, kid having a, a, a meltdown, they always had that look. And it's usually from, from people who have raised kids or from either people who haven't raised kids. And the look is, I'm judging you. And, yeah. Right, yeah. And, and judging you. And that's what I'm supposed. To, uh, that's what I'm supposed to do. Why I'm judging you? Because that makes me feel better. It's not necessarily for the person that you're judging or the kid that you're judging. Yeah. And um, yeah. so I, you know, when when uh, when it's yeah, my my grandkids, yeah, they have a meltdown. 
you tell them um, yeah. you you tell them no they can't do something because it might hurt them they're going to have a meltdown because the reason is they're in full throttle i'm going to do what i'm going to do i'm creating right here i'm i'm scaling for them they're scaling mount everest when they're climbing up uh uh the the yeah. uh, or on the from the chair to the the table or wherever they're climbing from and yes this constant you know you have to constantly watch them till they get of the age where they can start having a type of conversation that you have to know how to uh how to have that conversation what do yeah. they like it's like my all three of my kids are not my kids but my grandkids they're into the phone they're into going to that they can go and find which video has their uh choo choo train video so while they're talking yeah. choo -choo trains, you can talk to them about what's safe or what's not because they're focused in that and that's their yeah. you can talk to them and say, oh, hey, how would Mr. So-and-so in your cartoon handle climbing up here? You know, and they'll have yeah. that conversation. But you have to get, you have to begin to observe. You know, it's not just yeah. your, your, it's not just that your kid or your grandkid or your niece or your nephew or your best friend or, or whatnot is, is having a, is, uh, you know, in the Down syndrome or in the ADHD or ADHD or in the autism, you know, and then you're looking at yeah. the in it. It's how are you going to be interactive, not reactive, yeah. with them? Yeah. I think what, what, the way I am with my nephew, it's, it's really, it's a, a beautiful, I think it's a beautiful relationship me and my nephew have got because we're both autistic. Mm -hmm. And he'll go to me when he sees me, he likes it. He's like, Uncle Pete, come and play here, come and play here. Do you want to play with this? And I'm like, that. Yeah, okay. I, I, and it's just like, I think for him, having an older role model who was actually like him. It's, it's, I can't think of the way to, to describe it. It is like really nice to be, to see him grow and develop. He, the, the teachers in the school love him because he, he oh, and he's got loads of mates and stuff. So he's really like, mm -hmm. uh, my sister said he's really going well with the school. Oh, good. And he does have moments yeah. and that. But it's all of us have moments, all of those who are not diagnosed autistic and who have been diagnosed as normal have our moments, have our breakdowns and um, have what our excuses are for not making an apology for our moment or our breakdown, right? And then not to be able to go back to that one moment that you had this fierce, unrelenting breakdown and not understand that, um, um, yeah. understand that in that, in that realm of, of compassion for, compassion for whether it's a child or an adult with what we consider, what we named and gave the title of that to, right? Mm. and uh, yeah yeah you know so i'm gonna i'm gonna have to uh 
my tummy is talking to me. So <laughs> I, I have. Well, I think mine as well. <laughs> but you know what? It's been really nice. This this live this live has been really good, and it just re really I really enjoyed it. Something I've I really spoke about autism in this length, yeah. really. Oh, I but, yeah. enjoyed it too because it gives me. It also gives me insight to. You know that I, I'm when I do uh, interact with my grand grandkids, I'm doing the right thing. You yeah. know, I'm understanding yeah. and wisdom. You know, uh, to yeah. them and 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 allowing them to just be them. You know, so yeah. for that. Yeah, yeah, right. I'm gonna let you get something to eat, Dad. Okay. <laughs> right. Uh, nice talking, to you, Sandra. Yeah. Yes. And I hope everything's well. Uh, oh, Society.uk. Oh, that's an interesting oh, that, name. Oh, right. <laughs> that, that's a club. I'm, do, I'm doing some artwork for them. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like I'm working on stuff now. <laughs> right. Okay. I'm going to okay. go. Thank you for the uh, time. Nah. Thank right. you. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye bye everyone. Thank you for being part of it. Bye. All right. So thank you very much for Soul Conversation with Sandra. I am so glad that you could tune in for this um informational uh journey on um on uh uh being um autistic, dealing with autism, dealing with any uh ADHD, ADD, um, uh, you know, um, all of these labels that we have. And we do have a long way to go, but we are learning more and more about it and that it is not a disease. It's not a disease of the mind. It's more than, more than, it's, it's creation itself. It's, it's, it's allowing the creation of the uh, body, mind, and soul to create, 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 create. That's what it's all about. And um, uh, autism is just the way the mind creates from. So I thank you very, very much. Um, I am, hi, Matt. Hi, Professor Sunshine. And sun, I, well, I said it right the first time. Sunshine, but sunflower. Thank you for uh, joining me. I am going to save this live. It will be in my, um, in my, uh, I'm so tired and so hungry right now. It will be in my bio, but it will also be a part of my uh, Soul Conversations with Sandra, the podcast. This was a very wonderful live, and I am going to include, include it as a pod, podcast piece because um Peter gave some wonderful information on um, on uh, uh, his how he does with um, being on the spectrum. So um, thank you so much. And I'm going to wave at Professor Sunshine. I'm going to wave at Matt uh, is conscious. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And I am going to close this session. 10845. I thank you for being part of this wonderful session. 10845. 10845. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.